Every day, in communities just like yours, men and women devote their lives to building our economies brick by brick and job by job. These are their stories. You're listening to From the Ground Up, North America's Top 50 Economic Developers. Welcome, everyone. Bob, welcome to the call. Good to have you on today. How's it going, man? That's going great. Appreciate the opportunity. Great. I want to start off by going back to your origins in economic development, and maybe our listening audience can get a view into how you got here. What I'm more interested in is who are the leaders or leader that you would credit with introducing you to economic development? Well, that one's easy. My dad was an economic developer starting back in the 60s, and so I really kind of grew up in the business. And at the time, there was really no direct way to get into economic development other than to kind of get invited into a chamber of commerce or a community's economic development program. So having a father in the business, I grew up in it and selected that as a path for my future. And uh, it's been a very good career so far. What inspires you most about the career that, uh, I guess we can say your second generation economic developer, what renews your passion about this great industry? You know, I think anytime that I drive by a facility that we had a hand in locating in the community and you see the cars in the parking lot, you know people are working there, you know the tax base has grown, and you know that at least the group that's in that building, by and large, are having a better life because of the efforts you put in. You know, that's worth getting up and doing every day. There are folks in our listening audience, Bob, who are aspiring leaders. They're emerging, they're coming into their careers. They're vice presidents, they're managers, they're directors in economic development groups and in leadership groups all around the country. What advice would you have for a person who wants to enter leadership in economic development? What might you say in terms of a word of advice? Well, I think a couple of things. I think one, stay in place long enough to be relevant. I think the opportunity to move quickly sometimes outweighs the need to stay put. And I think you can learn a lot by staying in your community and in your organization for a period of time before moving on too far. And then I think the other piece is don't be afraid to ask for help. There are a lot of community leaders out there that are really willing to participate in the process, help you with funding, help you with contacts, help you close the deal, help you with the politics, et cetera. And I think sometimes we get caught up in not asking for help uh, for fear that it looks like we're not capable of what we're doing. And the reality is I think those that do ask for help end up being more successful because they've got a team behind them. Is there some secret to that approach for you? It seems like humility seems to be one of those things in short supply in our culture today. <laughs> and and you, you've taken a stance of humility with that, right? Staying long enough, listening, learning. Is there an approach you take that would be helpful for our listening audience? Well, I think you've summed it up. I mean, any community that you go into or a region or even in a state role, you know, you're going to have opportunities to interact with a lot of different people. And I think that remembering the reason that you're there, what your mission is, and trying to relate to the person and how they might be able to help you achieve the end goal is very, very important. And, you know, you're going to have different types of leaders that join your board. You're going to get involved with different politicians. And along the way, there's going to be a lot of different personalities that come into play. And so, you know, I think, again, being calm, being focused, staying on task and mission really bodes well for anybody wanting to have a career in economic development. Thank you for those insights. I want to transition with you for just a moment into the actual industry of economic development. So when you think about the industry that we have, the work that we've been doing, the shifts that we've observed in the economy in the past and in the way we do business, 
Are you seeing any shifts in the current economy or even in your community that we should be paying attention to? Trends, things that are changing outside of the workforce issue, because I know everybody is talking about workforce. You're right. I mean, workforce is huge. The whole reshoring or onshoring concepts kind of been overdone. You know, in our area, I think a couple things are starting to emerge as critical economic development initiatives. One is a stronger move towards supporting entrepreneurship, and we're doing that through funding, we're doing that through space, and we're doing that through kind of a mentorship where existing industry leaders will work with small business owners to try to help them grow their business. And the other is, in our particular community, adaptive reuse of older facilities. We're a small county, and so we don't have a lot of really good land and buildings available, but what we do have are a number of older manufacturing facilities. And so what we've been able to do is, in certain instances, capture those, repurpose them, and kind of bring them back to the market. And we see that as a real opportunity for our area. Now, are you doing that in partnership with the county, city, et cetera, or does your economic development group itself do real estate work? We actually do real estate work, but we do it in partnership with the city and the county. Uh, we've done two fairly substantial business parks in the last 20 years. One's about 150 acres, one's 403 acres, and they've both been very successful. This new project we're working on called Whitaker Park is actually a donation of 1.7 million square feet of industrial space and about 120 acres that was the R.J. Reynolds Manufacturing Campus for the last 50 or 60 years, they have relocated within our community to a new facility on kind of the northern part of our county, and they are actually donating this older space to a local nonprofit that we're involved with, and all of that space we hope to be able to creatively redo and adapt to kind of this entrepreneurial culture that we're talking about and other light industrial kinds of uses, and we're doing that in partnership with the city and the county who are providing grants for public infrastructure, roads, water and sewer line extensions, green space, stormwater management, all the things you need to make a park successful. Outstanding. So, Bob, I want to continue on this idea of economic development. We talked about shifts, but now let's talk about challenges. So there's obviously some things standing between us and growth as economic developers. Every community's challenges are unique. But I guess from a kind of high-level perspective, what are some of the newer challenges you're seeing, or maybe some challenges that used to be that we thought we resolved and now they're back? <laughs> you know, in our instance, uh, again, locally, we have, like most small nonprofits, I mean, we're a three person economic development corporation that's a 501c3, and funding remains an issue. You know, over the last six or seven years coming out of the recession, companies have had to be very selective on who they can support financially, and we're no different. We've felt the brunt of the loss of some of our financial support. So maintaining our financial credibility and relevance is one of our key issues. And then the other goes back to what I mentioned a few minutes ago, and that is having ready-to-go sites and facilities to try to attract the types of companies that we're targeting to do business in our community. And so you know, we're working very hard to try to identify an opportunity to build some speculative buildings in our community can also identify additional sites that could be developed into either business parks or single-standing sites, again, to attract companies that we want to do business with. So small communities, small counties, you know, you said that your county is a smaller county, you've got a smaller team, and there's many leaders who are living in those areas but not necessarily being able to have the successes you've had. Can you talk about the type of team you have, and the heart it takes to lead in economic development in a smaller area with a smaller team. You still are getting big things done. There's a secret to that. 
Can you let us in on it? Well, there really isn't a secret. It's building a team that works together without worrying about who gets the credit for the results. And I was always told that, you know, very young, that a lot of good things can happen if you don't mind who gets the credit for it. And in our community, you know, we have really strong public sector leadership on the elected side. We've got great staff at our city and counties that help us in the process. I've got a good team here that's been with me for a long time, and they understand how we do business. And I've been extremely fortunate to have boards of directors over the last 27 years that I've been here in Winston-Salem that have supported what we're doing, that show up and help us and guide us. And uh, at the end of the day, I think our success has been from creating a team environment where everybody plays and the team gets the win rather than a particular individual. And I think wherever you are, big community, small community, state organization, and if you can surround yourself with like-minded people that are interested in the end game, which is getting new jobs and getting you know your tax base expanded and making your community a better place, you're going to win, and I think everybody's going to participate in that result. Bob, that's what I'd call a championship approach to leadership right there, sir. I want to take a minute, Bob, from you and for our listening audience, this issue of capacity building and economic development and building our ability to close deals, to attract new investments to our community is an ongoing effort, and it's central to our professional development as leaders, and Consult and Connect has some outstanding opportunities to do that. Carla, you want to talk about some of the things going on this year to build capacity for economic developers? Yeah, so one of the ways that Consult and Connect is partnering with some of the most active site consultants across the United States is by putting together what we call our Summit Series. And our Summit Series are very small events. They're very intimate, and that's purposeful. We really focus on having 16 site consultants available a one-to-one ratio of academic developer to site consultant because the focus really is on one-on-one interactions and how do you get in front of site consultants to talk about your community and to ask questions about their perception of your community and to tell them what's going on in your community and start to build that relationship. We know that planning site consultant events is a lot of work. We understand the labor and the time that goes into traveling and setting up personal meetings with site consultants in their marketplace. So we are working with site consultants to facilitate that for you. We can handle the logistics so that you can really focus on, as Bob mentioned, getting your community ready for the deals of the future and actually landing those deals and closing those deals. And that's the real work of economic development. And we want to take some of the burden of the logistics off of the economic development community so that they can actually focus on landing the deals and creating the investment that will shape their community's future. So I encourage you, if you're looking to engage with site consultants and you're looking for a way to take some of that intensive labor off of your team, to look at our summit series as a great way to make those interactions and kind of create those personal interactions. You can email me if you have questions, Carla at consultantconnect.org. I'm more than happy to answer questions and get you registered. There are still a few slots available for 2017. So you heard it here. There's a few slots left for 2017, and there's awesome opportunity for you as a professional to grow. So please contact Carla and get yourself prepared for a year of development. Bob, back to you. Thank you for your patience. We want to talk through 
some more helpful hints for leadership. And one of the ways that we can identify great leaders and organizations is if they're learning, if they're learning organizations. So are there things that you're reading, listening to, podcasts, books, articles, magazines that are building you as a professional and that you could suggest to others on our podcast today? Well, I think a couple of different things. I mean, I try to stay current with what's relevant. There's some very good economic development periodicals out there that we all get, and I think it's worth taking some time to go through those. I do also think that it's important to network with your peers, and so I try to participate in national and regional conferences where possible, like IEDC and SEDC, where you know you spend some time with folks that are in the same business and have the same frustrations, if you will, and also challenges, and a lot of them have dealt with those, and so you can glean an awful lot from that as well. So, you know, nothing particular. I just try to stay current on what the issues are, you know, through the periodicals and dealing with my peer group where I can. Sure, and I know that there's a lot of publications out there to grow from. I want to ask you about the next five years. So when you think about your leadership, your organization, where your community and county are going, what are you most excited about in the next five years of your work? I think it's two things. Again, the shift toward entrepreneurship that I talked about earlier. You know, I think most communities have recognized that entrepreneurship is an important component of their economic development strategy, but most of us have failed to capitalize on that by putting in place the right space and guidance and financial support for those types of businesses. And we're actually trying to do that here in Winston-Salem. And there's a team that's been put together that's been visiting other communities that have successful programs. And so we're beginning to do more in that entrepreneurial space. And I think that's going to be really good for our community over the next five to 10 years. And the other is this redevelopment of this massive gift that R.J. Reynolds is giving our community of their old manufacturing complex. There's about eight buildings, 1.7 million square feet of space, 125 acres, sits adjacent to Wake Forest University right off our highway. And repurposing that, putting people back to work, that is going to be a lot of fun to work on and I think be transformational for our community over the next five to ten years. Well, Bob, you've got plenty to be excited about and seems like more on your plate than you can say grace over. I'm so glad that you're there in Winston-Salem and that you and your team are fighting the war for jobs, and you seem like you're doing a great job there. So thank you so much for all your hard work. Thanks for your leadership in economic development, and congratulations for being named one of North America's top 50 economic developers. Well, I appreciate it. It's been a great industry and a lot of fun, and I look forward to continuing as long as I can. Thanks, Bob. To our listening audience, I'd remind you to reach out to Carla at carla at consultantconnect.org for your opportunity to come and professionally develop as an economic developer. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to North America's Top 50, produced by Consultant Connect, an organization working to bridge the gap between leading economic developers and location consultants. To learn more about what we do and how to get involved, please visit consultantconnect.org or tweet me at Ron Kitchens.